Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're returned to the world of audio plays and Big Finish, and we're going to be covering our very first Tenth Doctor audio play with, and it's the very first Tenth Doctor audio play, actually. It's called Technophobia. So we'll be discussing that later on. But first, as usual, the news. And well, we've got one interesting news item came out, didn't it, whilst, since we've been off air. Um, and that's the, I say news, let's just, just, just say rumour that the Daily Mirror um, first started, that Bradley Walsh um, is revealed as the Doctor Who's new companion. Uh, now, they say revealed, it hasn't actually been revealed officially, has it? No, there's and, been yeah, there's yeah. nothing nothing official at all about this. No, now this first broke on the twenty second of August, and we're sort of like a week behind um, on this now. Um, and there's still no official word. Um, but then again, there's been no official denial either, has there? So, no. Do you reckon there's some element of truth to this, perhaps? I don't know. I mean, the BBC may just say, "Well, we're not going to if we if we start denying every." Every single time thing. someone, yeah, and then all the, all, all the papers are doing is just keep throwing up a name a day, waiting for the denial until they don't get one. And they will. Let's be honest, they will. <laughs> yes. um, so yeah, I can understand there would be no denial to a story, just not even if it was not true, just to be not to give it any credibility at all. No, so. exactly. Now, for those of you outside the UK, don't know who Bradley Walsh is. Um, if you've watched the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, he was in an episode of that playing a um, sort of an evil clown, basically. Um, he's also acted in uh, Law and Order UK, um, which also featured Freeman Argument actually, and Peter Davison eventually. Um, but I think really he's best known as, as like a comedian, and he hosts um, the Chase, which is a, like a almost like a daily game show on ITV, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but if you've ever seen him act in Law and Order UK, he was actually very, very good. And he was also very good in Sarah, the Sarah Jane Adventures as well. So um, I'm not totally against this, to be honest. No, I mean, I have to say I've not seen any of his acting. Um, so I've got to, I'll have, I'll have to take your opinion on that as, as fact that you say he's, he's quite good. Well, I, I wouldn't say um, it was fact, it's just an opinion, but... <laughs> But no, I, I did. I did honestly it's think he was fact. good. We're Doctor Who podcasters. It's fact. <laughs> oh damn! I forgot. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I interest. I mean, just interesting. Just from the the age point of view, mm. to go for if they go for an older companion, whether it be male or female, mm. is is quite a a new move, really. Yeah, um, I, I think a good one. As well, actually, yeah. to be honest. Um, but did you hear that there was another rumour doing the rounds as well? Um, it was one that Zoe Ball started um, after this Bradley Walsh news broke, or sort of sort of news broke, um, that he's actually one of three companions. Right. So I don't know where you could go with this, whether he, he's sort of like it's a father and children, or... Father and niece, nephew, you know that, that you know, or uncle and niece and nephew, I should say. Um, so it could be any number of things if if that's to be believed as well. Um, <laughs> I'm slightly less excited about that. I have to well, say. yeah, you, you're back to the crowded TARDIS of the '80s, there, really, aren't you? But let's be honest, yeah. that, that's how that's how Doctor Who started with three travelling companions for the Doctor. So, I mean, is is this like a total reboot, almost going back to the beginning again? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it's it depends. True, it's true. It, it depends on how old the children are. Yeah. Um, if we're talking that they're in their twenties, then maybe I just don't know whether I want whether it'd be given the opportunity to have younger children on. Yeah, we're we're, we're, talk, we're into child actor territory here, aren't we? Which yeah. is which can be either very good or or stupendously bad sometimes, can't yeah. it? So yeah, because a lot of people. Um, writers, I'm not saying Chris Chibnall can't or the writers he's getting on board a lot of them can't write for, uh, for children or teenagers and I'm just going back to Nightmare in Silver Yeah, actually as a prime I, I, example and I'm just sort of my, my thoughts from that which is obviously just thinking about now is we're going to get a sort of lost in space oh, God. TARDIS version yeah. Um, yeah that doesn't appeal <laughs> no, no, I've got to be honest. The, the, certainly, Brad, the Bradley Walsh angle certainly does appeal to me because I, I think it'd be rather good. And I know a lot of people have, um, you know, got up in arms about it. So another, another non-actor, but no, he has acted um, in things. And let's be honest, people said exactly the same thing of Catherine Tate, and I think I was one of them. Yeah, actually. Um, and I suppose in, in the in the Runaway Bride, she was kind of. Doing a, a Catherine Tate shtick, but once she actually become a full time companion, I, I, she's been one of my favourite. You know, a, now a, well until Pearl Mackie came along, she she was my favourite companion of the new series. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, and I just did like the the idea of that of the older companion. Mm, I do well, actually. I do. You know, yeah. Obviously, you've got a two thousand year old time lord, but no. Um, <laughs> if you put it, you know that the sort, yeah, an old an older companion rather than. A young, mm. naive, yeah, someone sort of boy been, or girl, yeah, someone's been sort of been round the block a a, a few times and a bit more world weary, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, I think it could be interesting if that's the way. If there's any truth to this rumor, um, as, as you say, there's been no com- confirmation or denial at the moment um, for, from any of them. Actually, um, it's. I, I think it could be. I think it could be good if if it's true. I think it could be good. I'm I'm sort of getting very excited for it now. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be so disappointed, aren't you? If it isn't, <laughs> well, this is the trouble with this sort of thing, isn't it? Because you're thinking about all the great things it could be, and then it never, nothing ever lives up to your expectations. It doesn't matter no. you know, what what the hell it is. Um, it can never live up to how you imagine things to be. Um, so it, I, I'm probably one of these people who sort of setting it up to, for a fall, and I, and I hope I, I certainly hope that's not going to be the case. I, you know, I really, I really do not. I want you know, I want this to be a, I want all all of this to be a massive success, you know. Um, yeah. And not just a you know a, a sort of like a, a failed gamble. It, it, I just want it to succeed. You know, every every aspect of it. So, um, yeah. So there we go. So so obviously we'll we'll talk about this. Um, as when more news breaks, um, whether it's confirmed, denied, or whether there's going to be one companion or three companions, you know, who knows? Who knows? You, you really don't want to listen, read the comments to that male story. Uh, no, I won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> one person is particularly infused. Right? No, no, no. He's he's the reverse of infused about a about a woman doctor and. Oh, and Bradley. Bradley Walsh. Oh, it's a double yeah. whammy for these. Yeah, 
tossers, is it? Okay, no. fair enough. Yeah. Does the BBC ever think to ask the army of Doctor Who fans who they'd like to have seen as the new Doctor as a licence fee payer? I would have liked to have had the chance to pick the next Doctor, but the BBC have taken that away from us. What? Is that... So I haven't read that. Is that a, is that a true forum thing, is it? Someone's actually that, wrote that. That, oh, that, that is a comment, yes. Jesus there. Christ. What is wrong <laughs> with people? <laughs> even as even as a Doctor Who podcaster, I don't feel entitled enough to 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 pick the next Doctor. Don't don't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, I'll have you know that I do. <laughs> the, the problem is, the problem is, as as, as always, as, as Doctor Who podcasters, we don't pick ourselves. Well, <laughs> so, well, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who better? I mean, come well, on. exactly. But actually, I, 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 I've put myself forward to play the next Doctor and the Companion, actually. Yes. <laughs> hey, they can do it nowadays with green screen. Exactly. Each each episode just be a two-hander with myself to show off my acting prowess each week. <laughs> see? Mm, a, BAFTA, yes. a, a BAFTA beckons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, anyway... <laughs> Someone, some people may say there's a bit too much two-handers with your <laughs> I'm just bragging now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we move on? I think we'd better. Let's move on, let's move on. Um, Russell T. Davis um, was given a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Edinburgh International Television Festival. Cause as we know, the uh, Edinburgh Festival um, has been um, going on throughout August. Um as I say, congratulations, really. It's probably sort of long yes. um, long overdue. Um, and it just so he's sort of like, um, his sort of acceptance speech, um, basically, um, as, a, as a little dig at the BBC, uh, sort of yes. the BBC, at the, at the government, rather, um, which he says, we actually have a government which is warding off the BBC with one hand while, um, I suppose you're going to say, wanking off Rupert Murdoch with the other. I think this way he's... <laughs> it's, it's another two-hander, isn't it? It is, actually, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but then he just—I mean—then he goes on to say what he's um, what he's sort of done in, in his career, um, and he just got went to say, "I've worked with Daleks, Casanova. I've worked with Gays. I've worked with Penelope Wilton. I've worked on children's programs. I've worked in documentary. I worked on a quiz show with Terry Wogan. I worked with Jesus. I worked in Cardiff, Manchester, at Granada. I've worked with all sorts of shows. I worked with David Tennant, Billy Piper, Freeman Agumon. I'm so lucky. I've been a presenter on Play School. I don't remember that one." Oh, that must be way after our time. Um, I've actually been to Norway with Keith Chegwin. I love my job and I hope you'll grow up and get in the industry and love the job too. Um, I, I thought... hope that edition of Play School wasn't with Rupert Murdoch as well. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that the one where he gave Humpty a little tug? That's <laughs> 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 oh, a <hard> dear. <laughs> I think they left Johnny Ball to clear the mess up, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, congratulations. I mean, you know, it, it's um, you know, he, he should be sort of recognised. I think yeah, well, he has been recognised really, but it's just yeah. nice to, to get you know something at a, a, a an award at a, at a festival like that, really. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 a, it's a fairly broad CV, isn't it? To, to, oh, you know, God, and yeah. to have been a success in as well. Yes. Indeed. I'm so interested to see about this presenter and play school. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm intrigued by that one now. Really, I'm intrigued. But um, 
Anyway, anyway, so congratulations, Mr. Davis. I want to say congratulations. And, 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 and to be honest, had he, had he messed up one of those in particular, we probably wouldn't be here now. So well, <laughs> it's his fault. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, with one hand we give it, and the other we take it away. We're back to that <laughs> two-hander again, aren't we? <laughs> it's all two hands with it you, is, isn't it? it? <laughs> I'm a very hands-on podcaster, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Quick, let's go to Amicus Tack Corner quickly. You pester me with trinkets! Right, okay, one. Well, so, we, we, we've got some... Um, how, how, did this, how could you describe this tap, Paul? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> well, apart from the obvious. Um, <laughs> um, this is... Um, yeah. Uh, t- Time Lord Apparel, isn't it? It is. It is. Now, it, it's not... It, it, it's, for that, it's for that special occasion... When you want to look very special, well, if you've got like a, a wedding or or a, or a party to go to, I mean, you know, the Christmas season will be upon us soon. There'll be Christmas parties to go to. Now, when I say Time Lord Apparel, this isn't um, some cosplay um, outfit. Um, this is actually a a jacket, isn't it? A formal jacket yes. um, with matching trousers. I'll come. It's almost like a almost like a tuxedo, but this is called well, with, um, with matching trousers. You can buy extra as extra. Yes, yeah. so you can buy you can buy it on it either on their own or buy them together. It's up to you. Um, but this is uh, from a website called Fun dot com. Um, I think that in itself is sort of you know against the Trade Descriptions Act. Um, it's this item of, of apparel is called the Doctor Who Tardis Pop Interior Suit Jacket. Um, mm. Yeah, okay. Now, this will cost you $149.99. It's only available um, in the USA. And um, basically, it's like a, a black um, tux jacket, really. Yeah. However, however, the lining of this jacket, um, when you open it right out, it's got the um, a painting of, of, the, <laughs> of the TARDIS. And, yes. And um, against the backdrop of like a nebula in space. Hasn't it? And yeah, it's um, also got a little a monogram TARDIS um, against the on on the each cuff, and it also comes with a matching um, bow tie as well with that nebula um, pattern on it as well. Um, and it is quite simply the the most awful thing I've ever seen in my entire life, actually. And I would not be seen dead in it. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> give it time. <laughs> um, it is. Um, it is. It's hideous, actually. And you would also get. Wait, wait, um, I, I would not be seen dead next. It's slim fit for a tailored look. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as I said, you can also get the. Uh, um, the... It's double. It's double vent, but I think obviously it would have to be more than that. <laughs> well, let's not forget we, we mentioned the trousers, um, but as this this is an American site, and they're called pants. Okay, so, and they are called the Doc 2 TARDIS Pop Interior Suit Pants. Um, now, on the face of the just like ordinary black trousers, I don't know if the lining of these trousers, or, or the maybe the, the pockets, maybe I've got that nebula TARDIS motif inside. Who knows? Who knows? Mm, but but they are they are going for the uh, price of $79.99, which seems a tad expensive, actually. Um but you discovered what this is made from, didn't you? Yeah. You had, you had a good yeah. look through, didn't you? For those of you looking for the quality products, you may be <laughs> disappointed to find that it's only 80% polyester. Oh, bugger. Uh, and, and they've made that up with 20% rayon. Oh. So, 
Um, I'm not sure if that that would put you off that it's not the full static electricity suit. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, it, it's not very good, is it? Really? What's what? I see. What, what's the bow tie made of? Doesn't say. Um, doesn't say. Doesn't say. It just says it's fully adjustable with a hook class. Oh, it's not even a real bow tie. It's a clip-on bow tie. Oh dear. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Um, because, yeah. because obviously that's going to really spoil the. That's that's going to that's going to set you out as somebody who doesn't really take things seriously. If you haven't got the the proper bow tie, it's just a clip-on bow tie with that jacket, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what put me off, actually, Paul. You know, it was quite classy to have found out it was a clip-on bow tie. A tie. So. <laughs> but I just like it, it. It goes on. Um, Gives you a little brief, or quite a lengthy description, which I won't read out on here. I know I usually do, but it just says the to finish it off. It says the this whole ensemble proves that the Doctor, as always, was right. Assumptions are dangerous, and fashion, like time, never follows a linear course. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, where did they pull that one out of? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I've got a good idea, but um, yeah, okay, um, yeah, okay, okay, fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't. Lin- linear cogs. I think there's somewhere that's going straight to. To be honest. Yeah. Exactly. They're losing <laughs> it straight in the bin. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh crikey. Yeah. So um, there you go. We we might actually put the link up to this to, so you can have a look for yourself and just marvel at the wonder of, of this suit. It's, it's absolutely yes. brilliant. It really is absolutely brilliant. Um, so you go, everybody. That was the news, and that was Tat Corner. So uh, coming up next is our review of Technophobia from Big Finish. So for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, everyone at home, we're now going to talk about technophobia right is your inner nerd happy now od's on it who's your friend oh hello uh bex with an x i'm the doctor ah yeah fancy test driving the empath oh don't mind if i do oh you look at that i am sylvie how can i help you today ah it talks i love it when they talk hello sylvie hello username could do with a bit of a tweak. Yeah, let's see. Uh, you're probably not supposed to. Yeah, best let Jill Meadow invent her own patches. This empire's a massive leap in user-friendly tech. Meadow Digital's ahead of the game on the chipsets. Quadruple core nano circuits and a sleek, sexy designer package. Ultra thin. Look. You're talking, but it's all geek to me. Can we go? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Robots running amok. Donna! We're on! Right, okay. Uh, now, before we go any further with this, um, obviously, if you haven't listened to this, there will be spoilers during this review. So, as usual, if you haven't heard this and would like to hear it before we talk about it, switch off now. Go and listen to Technophobe and then come back and listen to us afterwards. Okay? Got that? Yes. Right. Here we go, then. Um this was actually first released in uh, 16th of May 2016. So this is the the most recent um, Big Finish story we've done, I think, apart from the, the light of the end, I think, during, during yeah. the 50th um, anniversary year. And, um, okay, I, I think I was a bit worried how they were going to do New Who um, for Big Finish, to be honest. I was going to wonder how, how the hell they're going to do it. Um, 
I was going to say it was it's an hour long story and they pack a lot in a lot into it um, as they would do on the telly and with a bit of a rushed re- resolution to the story that seems to be sort of not sort of plucked out of nowhere but you didn't see happen pretty much like you have on the TV series um, so it sort of follows the pattern of New Who as far as I'm concerned however take all this into consideration I really enjoyed this yeah I think I think just to hear them two yes back together again yeah um, um, yeah because as you don't know this is the 10th Doctor and Donna um, yeah relationship you've got, or, or, or TARDIS crew we've got here um because I mean, remember yeah. when we went to see the uh, BFI stuff for the 50th. That's right, yeah. And they had um, David Tennant and Catherine Tate as the guests, didn't they? Yeah. And someone asked him, oh, would he be interested in doing Big Finish? And she had absolutely no idea what that was, did she? No, she didn't. Stage. No, no. But you got, I mean, you got the, he, he was so almost signing up for it there, wasn't he? He wanted to do it. Well, he'd been involved with Big Finish previously, hadn't he? Playing, yeah. Obviously playing different characters. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely was up for it. Um, <laughs> I mean, Catherine Tate, I think she's got... She knows nothing about Doctor Who outside of what she does on, on set, does she, really? So, yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, actually, some of the interviews said that Catherine Tate has nothing, knows nothing about most things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But... Um, I mean, I mean, getting getting back to that, I, I really, I, you know, as I say, until Pearl Mackie came on, Donna, um, you know, um, Catherine Tate was my sort of favourite companion. Yeah. Of the new series, um, and it was almost like they'd never been away. Really, to be honest, I mean, uh, you had um, Donna was still the same Donna you remember from the from the TV. Um, the Tenth Doctor, I thought. It was a good performance by David Tennant as well. He, he got that sort of cocky swagger to his performance yeah. that the Tenth Doctor had, you know, I mean, you know, a um, lot of um, the time. Yeah, and what works so well with Donna and the Tenth Doctor is the fact that she's putting him down all the time. Yeah, there's not the starry-eyed companion going on here. It's, no, it is. You know, there's the. Basically, you know the, the comments she makes in this about the caring that she's the caring the community for him mm. and whatever. So yeah, it's 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 their relationship that they, they are pretty much equals in terms of how they view each other. Yes, they are. They're, they're sort of re- recaptured that because it's written by um, Matt Fitton, and I think he sort of recaptured that thing that the dot said he just wants a mate. Yeah, he just wants a mate to go travelling with, and and you can tell from this he, he's captured that that aspect of their relationship they're just very very good friends you know and, and, and understand each other very well and can also put sort of put each other down rather well as well yes. <laughs> you know they're not afraid to do that I mean, I mean, the, com- isn't. the comment when there's the they meet the um the train driver yeah and it's kevin is it and, That's and right, yeah. you know She's calling him muscles and that. And then later on, she says that a doctor, doctor, that, you know, why isn't his brain? And he goes, oh, you're worried about his brain as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there were some good one-liners in this, actually. You're sort of talking about, you know, because this is, this is set two years in Donna's future, isn't it? Because mm. um, she talks about, you know, I know the rules that not, you know, not looking, sort of, you know, it's changing history or seeing what happens in the future, that, you know, that kind of thing. But, she says about there's a lot of 3D films 
um, about the which never really happened, did it? To be honest, it never. No. So the whole three youth never really took off. But well, was, actually, I'm not so sure because if, if this is supposed to be set in yeah, what, 2011, it probably was. That was probably the peak of 3D, wasn't it? I suppose it would have been really. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Um, but she says about you know, there's there's a Justin Bieber film in in 3D and it's how it was it was yeah <laughs> how did that happen you know so so I, I thought there was some really sort of good humor in this and then she couldn't resist going pop into uh was it hendrix the department store where rose worked yeah um to pick up a um some katie price perfume yeah so it's so, 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 there's something doesn't, doesn't something smell right, right here yeah, yeah. And she goes, so i think that's me i've got some katie price <laughs> So I think that there's some really good gags in this, um, and of course I quite like the plot. Actually, um, I think there's a, I quite like the twist on it. Yeah. Um, to be honest, that the it wasn't just your usual. I suppose yeah, it was another another alien invasion story, but actually making people forget how to use technology, sort of regressing them, and become you know and fearing everyday. Things like you know cash point machines and cars and vacuum cleaners and yeah and, and, and iPads or N pads as as we have in this one. Um, I I thought was a, was a good little twist on it, you know, rather than having yeah. technology and ju- and just overtake. The fact that you start you, know, you start with the fact that you think it is the robots that have taken over. Yeah, and then it actually becomes no, it's not actually the machines are completely the same all the way through. Mm. It's people's perception of them that changes. Yeah. So there's only a sort of a couple of things I couldn't, I sort of didn't quite make sense. And maybe you can sort of put put me right on this. As so I was the with the Jill Meadows character, um, obviously you understand that she didn't know how to use her empire, but at the because she's this like big IT genius, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and she's designed this this thing called the M-Pad. And it's all... Um, it's like a, a riff on Siri, isn't it, really? It's, it's a, yes. a, a voice interface thing. Um, and I get... You don't really see her forget how to use it. It's more like the, the M-Pad. That doesn't respond to her. The Is it called Sylvie, isn't it, this thing? Not Siri, it's yeah. called Sylvie. So she's just talking to it, and it, it's just, I do not understand. So... At the, to begin with, you think it's that that's going going wrong. Then you had the the um, the painting robots attacking the guy. Now it says they attacked him, and all they threw that is they attacked him. Then it's sort of like so. Well, no, it's actually you know it's humanity that's that's regressing, forgetting how to use technology. So I'm beginning to wonder how did all that actually fit in? Was it because the guy just got in front of? these painting robots and just didn't know well they're they're hurting me sort of thing or yeah i think that, that, that bit was... didn't, didn't quite add up it, it, he got in the of... way of them yeah that's how i took it in the than, end actually yeah rather than because because obviously he got so curious and didn't know what they were that he got too close to them mm. and whether they then picked him up wrongly as the yeah target of their could be painting could be. I know what you mean about her and the fact that it kept dropping the connection or whatever. But then you don't know whether was she just starting to press wrong buttons, you know, or say wrong things and not quite. Yeah, that didn't know. really sort of come across, did it? Or or was that because of the what the aliens were doing with this um, 
the, the, the uh, was it the sound waves they were using, whether that was affecting the the connection. Yeah, I'm sort of gathering that's what that's what happened. It wasn't. I mean, you know, you don't have to have everything made clear to you. You know, you've got to use your you know fill in the gaps yourself sometimes. Um, but that, that it, it just didn't seem to add up to the rest of the, with the to the way the story panned out. If you see what I mean. Yeah, and I suppose it was supposed to be new technology, wasn't it? Because you see the Doctor um, sort of looks at it and says, oh, I'll let her do her own bug fixes. That's right, yeah. And yeah. whatever. So it could just be that it was there was bits of it that didn't work. Because she then started to lose her um, technical ability. Yeah. She didn't re- she'd forgotten that those, those could be there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So I, I did like the um, the whole aspect of that and and you've got this sort of like one percent of the population this doesn't affect um again no reason given as to why but i think you you didn't really need it really i think it would have bogged the story down i think if you if you'd have gone down that road no yeah i mean you know in all good sort of people taking over the the world you usually tend to get the the one percent that aren't affected, aren't you? It's, yeah, that's it. Yes, it's it, pretty it, standard. It is, isn't it? Yeah, sci-fi idea. Yeah, but no, I, I did, I did quite like it um, for, for that for I mean, that aspect. You know, I mean, what what was good on the fact that obviously explained why Rose and uh, Bex was not affected was the fact that they'd been sorry, out of Don, town Don, for... Donna and Bex sorry you... sorry yeah. Rose, yeah sorry that's because you yeah because I mentioned Rose sorry. yeah yeah Brian's gone there yeah <laughs> I was trying to think too hard about who the the receptionist was then just <laughs> well yeah why Donna and Bex was because they'd been out of town yeah obviously so they, yeah so it, it took well, so they had been conditioned be... as much yeah um no I, I just I just really I just really enjoyed it for, for, you know, from that aspect, it was, it was something a little bit different, yeah. You know, and even began to affect the doctor as well. And I like the fact that it, it prevented him from, him from using his sonic screwdriver, and it was left down to Kevin to yeah. use it. Come the end, wasn't it? Wasn't it to sort of rig up the the tube train at the end? So you know, I, I, I quite you know, it wasn't the doctor using that all the way through. Even though, even the thing is that it was slightly derivative of other of other stories. Really, I mean. Um, it was almost sort of like that sort of reminded you know him you're losing his powers that reminded a little bit of forty two when it, when he's he's taken over by that that alien entity thing so he's he's a little bit powerless and it's down to the um, to his companion to to help him out of it or, and you know to and which Donna does it's Donna's plan in the end isn't it that that does this that gets him out of it all um, and I think like the, the rushed ending that seemed to come out of nowhere I, I think that just reminded me of the um, the Sideman two parter. You know the you know thing with the mobile phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because um, again, in this story, you don't actually hear him, or obviously you're not going to see him do it, but you don't hear him doing anything. He just, just sort of explains it. You know, while while this was this down, I took the opportunity to reprogram your thing back at you, and and yeah. it was all it was all a little bit. How can I, how can I put it? A bit bit too. Um, not safe. I think that's the what, what, what word I'm looking for. Um, a bit too convenient, I would say. Yeah, really. But oh, I mean, yeah, no, it was it was a interesting idea on that. Oh the yeah. Only, the one thing that got me on that was actually the fact that when he went into the TARDIS, why didn't the TARDIS block the signal? Yeah. Because it obviously only needed him to be away from the signal for him to be fine. Because the minute they cut the power to the machine, mm. he 
resumed back to normal intelligence almost immediately basically didn't yeah yeah just yeah I, whereas you'd have thought going into the tardis would have would have blocked that yeah yeah, yeah rather I than so. rather than it suddenly enhanced the phobia of machines which i can sort of yeah there's, there's a point where that would be the case but you know you thought it would have he would have been safe in the tardis yeah i would have thought so i would have thought so but oh well i mean that's you know that's the way the way the story panned out and i i, I to say I, I did enjoy it I, I probably enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to yeah to, to be fair um and i think it's it, it does as i said at the beginning it does follow the format almost to the letter of a new who episode it, it's quick it's fast paced it gets straight into the action um and you get a a quick uncomplicated resolution yeah and and for the fact that they never really had to spend much time um, giving a background to the other characters. You actually did appreciate them. Yeah, they would. They would just even to you know Brian they're there, aren't they? And, yeah, and Lucas and whatever. They was you know you did feel for them being killed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, I, I I really liked it. I really did like it. I thought I thought all the supporting cast were were, were quite good. Yeah, in this one actually. I really did. Um, also, I think... didn't realise it was actually Rachel Sterling. No, neither did I. So I never, I never tend to look at the who the people are. No, because they never announce them at the end of each episode, do no. they? they? Never sort of give you a cast list. Um, so yeah, it's not until I was sort of looking at the, the wiki page, I realised who you know who, who who was who in this one. So I was quite yeah. surprised to see her name there. Um, yeah, I, I thought it, it worked rather well. I also thought the the one thing they did get right. Um, in this is that the music wasn't intrusive like like it was in that period of Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, um, I not I think they were trying to capture the essence of um, Murray Gold there to a certain degree. It was like a, it was like a cross between like the, the Big Finish and, and and Murray Gold musically. I I felt. Yeah, to a certain extent, you've that they've got a cut back on the music because obviously it's all about atmosphere exactly yeah which you're not going to get if the music's sort of drowning yeah. out all the time yeah it's precisely that's going to kill that so yeah yeah what about the the um the aliens themselves the cognoscenti um i thought they they, they have to be said to be typical um aliens in this sort of thing wasn't they you know yeah the had a had a master plan to take over the world from their underground base, <laughs> and, and and that was it. I mean, the, the only and it, it was a fairly formulaic story, as you said. And yeah. I mean, the only interesting thing being that their idea was just to send the human race back to Neanderthal, yeah, basically um, intelligence levels. Yeah, which I, as I say, I think for um, as a first story to to kick off the Tenth Doctor era um, on Big Finish, I, I thought it was it was rather good. To be honest, I don't I don't yeah. think you want anything I mean, that's going to put off your casual fans, really, are you? Because yeah. I, I don't know if I, mean, lot, I, I was going to say because you this is like trying to attract new Who fans to yeah, audio. To finish. Yeah, yeah, because at the moment a lot of it just concentrated, as we know, on the classic era. Of, Do- of Doctor and and the classic era Doctors, so 
this is this is like trying to pull in a new audience. And I I, I think you know to follow the the, the pattern of, of of the TV series with regards to like structure um, of an episode, I, th- I, th- I I think job done really. Yeah, I mean going back to the. Yeah, I quite like the fact that they just talk to the Doctor as alien, as if like, well, you, why are you doing here, sort of thing. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I quite like their attitude to him wasn't, you know, oh, you're a superior being, you know. Yeah. Well, what are you doing here? It's just like, oh, you're not going to interfere with our plans. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I, I just thought it was, it was well read, well acted, um, and I just thought very enjoyable. Actually, yeah, very enjoyable. I think it's one I would sort of gladly sort of put and listen to any time. To be honest with you, yeah, I really yeah, do. Def- definitely, just because of the Donna Doctor yeah relationship, I think works really well in this. I even like the fact that basically they don't start off together. No, they don't. Do they? No, they they meet it. They're obviously decided they're going to meet at the the museum, and obviously, I mean Donna's attitude in. As, as a companion is well you know you go off you you have a have a look at your your technology and whatever i'm just going to go and do some shopping yeah <laughs> it's basic yeah exactly yeah yeah so no i i i thought it was good i thought it was really good um and it certainly made me want to listen to the to the remainder of this yes 10th doctor donna because uh, we've got 10th doctor and rose next year haven't we coming yeah. up so um i mean just to prove to you how, how popular or how anticipated this episode was this actually crashed the big finish servers when it was released so uh, the amount of people trying to download it so which i think is incredible so again it, j- yeah. it just goes to show that the popularity of, of david tennant's doctor really like him or loathe him he was very very popular so and I man according to the tardis wiki as well it said this was intended to be about sleep deprivation but when big finish sent the script to Obviously, Doctor Who in Cardiff. Yeah, was told no, you can't do that because we're doing sleep no more. Yes, indeed, indeed. So that was uh, so you had to change the story. Mm. So, so yes. whether that does sort of uh, lead to the slightly rushed feel of it as well, it could do. It could, and, uh, yeah. And the convenient plot finishing point is because it had to be written differently. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But as I say, I think that the, you know, the rushed resolution just fits the the new who format yeah i feel and again, you know. actually getting back to relationship with donna because i was saying this it's when when he's she's going about robots and he says oh some of my best friends have been robots and men yeah and I know. Goes, yeah yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> no there, there were some good lines in this yeah. There really was especially, especially between the doctor and, and, and donna there were some fantastic lines in this so um no, it's got a um, you know a, a, a thumbs up from me anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, from me as well. Yeah, yeah. We find highly, highly enjoyable. Yes, and highly recommended as well. It's yeah, highly recommended. So um, okay, well I think that that was a, a nice little re- a quick review from us there, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, I, I don't want to. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> a want to bit, start a pe- bit rushed and a convenient ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, everybody. So. Um, Yes, I think that just about wraps it up. So, um, what's coming up next? Now, um, this weekend coming, um, first weekend of September, I'm going to be at the Hooverville Convention um, in Derby 
first time I've been as well, so I'm looking forward to that. So um, you won't be joining me, will you, Paul? No, I think I'm 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 uh, dog sitting and rabbit sitting again. Ah, oh, there we go. There so we my go. life is one social world. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so if, if you're going to that um, at the weekend, um, please come over and, and say hello. Uh, we'll be, I'll be very glad to meet you. Um, and then coming after our next episode, now I've actually got an, um, a, a video podcast coming out as our next episode. Um, and that's to do with around uh, the Doctor Who experience. Um, so that'll be coming out round about the time the Doctor Who experience actually closes as well. So it'll be, for, for, for this podcast, rather topical. Um, and then... I think when we <laughs> they are not continued uh, together on that thing, um, it's not our fault. It's closing. It's no, not it's not. It's nothing. It, yeah, it's, it's Can abs- we just make that clear? It's, it's absolutely nothing to do with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so. I thought, but when we return, we're back to Target again, aren't we? Yes. And we've yet to pick a book. Yeah, which we'll probably do when we finish recording this episode. So <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was quite interested to hear the, what we're doing next. Because that's, that's the reason I do, I'm doing a video podcast next, but it gives us a bit of breathing space. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear. So um, until next time, everybody. It is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's He?